Well, we're going to read the Bible together now, and we're turning to the Psalms. And this morning we're turning to Psalm 121. Psalm 121, you'll find it on pages 516 over into 517 of the Pew Bibles. Uh, this is a very well-known, very popular psalm, well-loved psalm. Uh, the title is, My Help Comes from the Lord. And you'll see that there's a little subtitle which tells us that Psalm 121 is a song of ascents. So we're going to read this psalm together, eight verses long. Psalm 121, and it starts on page 516 of the Pew Bibles. This is God's word to us. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Amen. And we thank God for his word to us this morning. Well, let's take our Bibles and turn to Psalm 121. You'll find it in pages 516 and over into 517 of the Pew Bibles. And you'll find it really helpful to have it open in front of you as we think about it together. As you're turning it up, let's pray for a moment to, together just now. Father, we thank you for those beautiful words that we've just been singing that are based on the psalm that we're about to think about. We thank you even for that thought that all this day and all of our days, your hand has held us and been with us. You are the God of heaven and you are by our side and we pray now that you would speak to us as we consider your word. Help us to understand this psalm in a new and fresh way and to see that you are the God who is always with us through your Son, the Lord Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Well, this morning we're bringing our short series on the Psalms to a close. Over the past three Sundays, we've looked at different Psalms together, and then we have sung versions of the Psalm as well. Hope that you find this little series to be helpful. The Psalms are so pastorally helpful for us. And I think we're going to see that again very clearly today. Uh, psalm 121 is a brilliant psalm. If you were to do a poll involving everyone here at church today and you were to ask the question, what is your favourite psalm? My, my guess is that Psalm 121 would feature in the top 10, maybe even in the top 3. It's a psalm that many of us have known from our youth. It's a psalm that many of us could recite by heart. Uh, lots of us will also be familiar with the metrical version of the psalm. The old Scottish tune is French, and it's one of those classic metrical psalms. As well, of, as, well as all of that, I look at Psalm 121 as the psalm of Slemish. We're meeting in the Breed Valley on the foothills of Slemish, and there's a very real sense that as we read the opening words of this psalm, 
that we can literally do what the author says and do what the author's doing. Lift our eyes to the hills to slemish and know that our help comes from the Lord. Psalm 121 is a beautiful psalm and the title of the new version that we're going to sing together in a few moments takes us to the heart of it. He will keep you. He will keep you. Psalm 121 speaks of God's protective, loving care for us as we live as his followers in this world. It tells us about the God who never sleeps. I wonder how you're sleeping at the moment. Are you getting enough sleep? Are you tired this morning? Are you having a fight with your eyelids as this sermon begins? In his 2017 book, Why We Sleep, Matthew Walker writes that two-thirds of adults throughout developed countries aren't getting the recommended eight-hour sleep. He points out that a lack of sleep affects our health, it can lead to various medical issues, and also contributes to all major psychiatric conditions. For many years, scientists had no idea why human beings went into a a lengthy coma-like state every 24 hours. We sleep for around a third of our lives, and Walker argues that the shorter you sleep, the shorter your lifespan will be. Human beings, though, are the only species that, dis- that deprive themselves of sleep. Every species on earth sleeps, yet humans are the only species to, de- to deliberately sleep less than we should. That's actually a modern issue that has only developed in the past 50 to 100 years. It's mainly to do with our world's desire to get more done. One of the biggest coffee companies in America has the marketing slogan, Life is short stay awake for it. We live in a world that never sleeps. Yet God in his divine wisdom created us in this way. Just like oxygen and food, we we need sleep to function properly. Matthew Walker gives lots of scientific reasons and benefits for sleep, yet there's one purpose that we can't avoid. Sleep reminds us of who and what we are. Some of us might have trouble sleeping, Some of us might be suffering from a lack of sleep. But whether we fall asleep quickly or not, when we do, we humbly admit again that the world will be fine without us for a while. Sleep is the segment of the day when we make ourselves most vulnerable and bow out of the action. Sleep reminds us of who and what we are, frail, weak, finite creatures. Our sleeping also comes in comparisons to God's never sleeping. The God of the Bible, the the God that we know and love, the, the God that we follow, never sleeps. He watches over us constantly. Have you ever thought the implications of that through? Have you ever sat down to consider what that means and how encouraging that is? That's what we're going to do this morning as we consider this beautiful psalm. Just like the other two psalms we've considered, this psalm has a certain context. The key to understanding this psalm comes through its subtitle. You'll see it in your Bibles. We're told that Psalm 121 is a song of ascents. The song of ascents are a group of psalms that run from Psalm 120 to Psalm 134. It's a diverse group of psalms, and among other types of psalms, it includes individual and corporate laments, songs of confidence and thanksgiving hymns. Basically, this group of psalms were quite important for the Jews. They used this group of psalms as they traveled to Jerusalem. It's important to understand that part of the Jewish faith, the faith of Israel, involved making pilgrimages to Jerusalem for sacred festivals. 
So Passover is a very good example. Thousands and thousands of people made their way to the nation's capital for the Passover celebration. On their way to Jerusalem, on their annual pilgrimage, that they would have read and sung the Psalms of Ascent on their journey. That that makes sense as you read this group of Psalms. And it makes particular sense of Psalm 121. That this Psalm is best understood as being written by someone who was going on a pilgrimage or a journey. In that way, this Psalm is a parable of life. There's a sense in which as we live on this earth, we're moving along the journey of life. Psalm 121 is about a life that is given over to God's care and keeping. It's a psalm that takes us to the heart of understanding all of the benefits that we have as believers through Jesus. We're going to talk about two things as we think about this psalm together. This psalm tells us that on our journey in the faith, first of all, God will protect us from things that harm us. And secondly, God will provide us with his watchful presence. I want you to notice something about the first part of that sentence, the sentence that we're using to frame our points this morning. On our journey in the faith. You'll notice that we've included the word the before faith. If we hadn't, the phrase would still make sense. But it's important that we realize that what we're talking about here is not some vague journey of faith. It's some vague journey and some faith in a, in a deity that's removed from us. Lots of people talk about faith in that way. What we're talking about today is our journey in the faith. What we're saying is that this is the one true faith. All other kinds of faith ultimately fall short of the God of the Bible. You can have faith in all kinds of things, but unless your faith is in God revealed to us in Jesus Christ, then it's a false faith. So with that in mind, let's look at this psalm together. The first thing we're going to see in Psalm 121 is that on our journey in the faith, God will protect us from things that harm us. This is a pilgrim psalm, as we've said. What we've got to imagine is Jack the pilgrim or Jill the pilgrim making their way to Jerusalem along dangerous roads and pathways. Pilgrims would have traveled from all over Israel, from all arts and parts. The best way to compare it is to think about living out in the sticks and traveling down to Belfast. It's a big day to go to Belfast. In days gone by, it would have been an even more difficult journey. Pilgrims traveling from the sticks, from the northern region where where Jesus and his disciples were based, for example, would have done most of their traveling by foot. They might have had a donkey, uh, but it was a very long journey. And the road systems were very, very basic. As well as that, they were fraught with other dangers. Wild animals lurked uh, on the roadsides, but there were also robbers and thieves. Think of the parable that Jesus told in Luke 10, the parable of the Good Samaritan. It was a parable, a made-up story, but it must have been based loosely on someone's experience. Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. It was a difficult thing to be a pilgrim. It was a difficult thing to go on a journey to Jerusalem. But the psalmist's confidence along the way is focused on the destination point. Look at verse 1. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. The thing to notice is that the psalmist's confidence doesn't lie in the hills surrounding Jerusalem. His confidence lies in the God of the hills and the God of that city. 
My help comes from the Lord, he writes. The psalmist is speaking about the covenant Lord, the one who had promised care, provision, and protection for his people. The God who had promised to protect his followers from, from things that harm them. Now notice where the psalmist takes us to. He takes us to Genesis and to the God who made the heavens and the earth. The point the psalmist is making through this allusion to Genesis is that he's stressing that the God of Israel has universal and unbounded power. He is sovereign over us. He created everything, so it's very natural that the psalmist would, would look to him for protection. It was a difficult thing to be a pilgrim making your way down to Jerusalem. It's a difficult thing to be a pilgrim in this world making your way to the new Jerusalem. It's a difficult thing to be a follower of Jesus. But on our journey in the faith, God will protect us from things that harm us. There are lots of things that come our way as followers of Jesus that we find difficult. We find it difficult when people we know and love suffer, when we watch people go through illness and heartache. We find it difficult when we're pushed to the margins, treated differently because of our faith. The thing to notice in this first point is that it's not that God will stop things that harm us. It's not that God will, will take away things that harm us. It's that God will protect us from things that harm us. And that's different to what we might imagine. There are some things that we have to endure and go through, but that they are experiences that, that God is using us to help us cling to him. Tim Keller says this. He says, an ounce of sin can harm us more than a ton of suffering. An ounce of sin can harm us more than, an, than a ton of suffering. We normally think it's the other way around. We, we play with sin and we run from suffering. Keller keeps going. He says, sin can harden our hearts, so we love everything, but suffering, if handed, ha handled rightly, can make us wiser, happier, and deeper. Th th think of it in this way. In the midst of sin, we're unlikely to say, from where does my help come? But in the midst of suffering, those are almost the exact words that some of you have used. From where does my help come? And what Psalm 121 tells us is that our help comes from the Lord and he made heaven and earth so he knows what he's doing. There might be times when we're exposed to things that are really challenging, sadness, sickness, illness, death, but God will protect us even though we have to go down those difficult paths. On our journey in the faith, God will protect us from things that harm us. That's the first thing we see in Psalm 121. Here's the second. And this point will be slightly longer than the first because we're covering the rest of the psalm. Secondly, on our journey in the faith, God will provide us with his watchful presence. Let's read the rest of this psalm, verses 3 to 8 again. And as we read these verses, I want you to look out for the repeated word. So look at what the psalmist says, verses three to eight. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Did you spot it? The repeated word? It's keep. 
It appears six times between verses three and eight. We're told that the Lord will keep us. He is our keeper. He will keep us from all evil. Uh, the Hebrew is shamar, and it means to keep or guard or, or watch over or attend to carefully. It's a word that conjures up all sorts of images in our heads. The constant watching over of a lighthouse on a rocky bay, guiding ships safely to shore. The precision and expert guarding of a royal palace, keeping out enemies who might attack. The meticulous attention to details shown by someone who's rebuilding something like a car engine, making sure that it runs smoothly again. The promise of these verses is that on our journey in the faith, God will provide us with his watchful presence. And of all the things that we've mentioned, and all of the things that we've mentioned are wrapped up in this word keep. He watches over us, he guards us, he knows us inside out, he, he knows us meticulously. We're not sure if the writer of this psalm wrote it while making a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. He, he maybe wrote it when he was safely home in the comfort of his own living room. We're not told. But the writer gives us a specific example of God's watchful presence for a pilgrim on their way to Jerusalem in verses 5 and 6. If you were traveling to Jerusalem from the north, you would go down through the Jordan Valley and you would turn west up the steep road to the capital. And as pilgrims turned west, the sun would be on their left side. And the writer likens the Lord to the shade on their right hand. You know, you know what it's like to find shade on a warm, sunny day. It's much more comfortable, especially if you've been exposed to the heat for a prolonged period of time. The, the psalmist is saying that God is his shade. God is, is where he finds his comfort and protection. And God never sleeps. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Do you notice the two groups there? The Lord who keeps Israel, the nation, the group of people, won't slumber or sleep. But he also keeps you. The Lord looks after the corporate group, but he also looks after the individual. What a precious thought. At some point in this series, we've said that when we read the Psalms and we, when we read of Israel, we're supposed to think of that as a reference to the church. Israel in the Old Testament were the people of God. Now the church in the New Testament are the people of God. Psalm 121 tells us that the Lord looks after his church and that he also looks after in individual believers. He blesses them by providing them with his watchful presence. Back to that word keep. It's used six times in total, three times in the last two verses. It's as though the psalmist comes to a crescendo and he's trying to highlight the fact that God, God keeps us. Just look at what we're told. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. This is more detail on the covenant care and grace of God towards his people. As we follow faithfully in his ways, as we do what he has called us to do, we can be assured of his watchful presence. Now this is something we don't talk about an awful lot. The good news of God's grace doesn't just involve our past. The gospel washes away our sin. It takes away all the wrong that we've done, all the mistakes we've made, all the sin we've committed. But the gospel also covers our futures. From the moment we trust in Christ, the Lord will keep our life. 
and he will keep it from this time forth and forevermore. One person commenting on this psalm says that it's hard to know which half of the last line is more encouraging. The fact that God's watchful presence is over us from now or that his watchful presence runs on and on and on without end. Jesse Watson was a rear admiral in the United States Navy. He commanded the U.S. fleet in the Philippines during the Spanish-American War of 1898. It's a lesser-known war, mainly because it didn't last for very long. But he wrote this about Psalm 121. He said, my favorite chapter in the Bible, my favorite chapter is the traveler Psalm, Psalm 121. The seventh and eighth verses mean more to me than any other. My, my guess is that there are a lot of us here today that could say exactly the same thing. Psalm 121 is so precious and beautiful. It speaks to us of the God who made heaven and earth, of the God who never sleeps. It tells us that on our journey in the faith, God will protect us from things that harm us and God will provide us with his watchful presence. What, what a great psalm to finish this series with. It's a parable of life. It speaks of someone who knows the Lord, who has trusted the Lord, and therefore enjoys the benefits that, that go along with that trust. The, the praise group introduced the new version of Psalm 121 for us earlier. We're going to sing it shortly. He will keep you from all evils behind you and before. He will sustain you through this journey from now and evermore. We've got a bonus hymn to finish this morning as well. We're going to sing the metrical version of Psalm 121 before we sing the new version. Both versions are as singable as each other. Listen to the last verse of the metrical version of the psalm. The Lord shall keep thy soul he shall preserve thee from all ill. Henceforth thy going out and in God keep forever will. Psalm 121 tells us that on our journey in the faith, God will protect us from things that harm us and will provide us with his watchful presence. We're nearly done. We're nearly ready to sing in response to what we've heard this morning. But, but, but an important question for us to deal with is obviously, how can we connect this psalm to the work of Christ? All of the psalms take us to the finished work of Jesus on the cross. How does Psalm 121 do that? Well, it's a psalm or a song of ascent. Pilgrims would have used it on their way to Jerusalem. Pilgrims just like Jesus. Luke tells us in his gospel, Luke 9:51, that when the days drew near for him, Jesus, to be taken up, put on the cross, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. What Luke records after that point is Jesus' journey to the city in which he would die. Well, what's interesting is that the parable of the Good Samaritan comes after that point. As a pilgrim going to Jerusalem, as a pilgrim going to observe Passover in the capital, Jesus would have done everything that a pilgrim was supposed to do. He would have made the dangerous journey. So he also would have sung or read or meditated on Psalm 121. He would have rested in his father as he set his face towards Jerusalem. But we know that instead of being kept, he was cut off. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. In the case of Jesus, he wasn't kept from evil men. He was given over to them. Instead of having his life kept, it was taken. 
And it was taken so that faithless, sinful pilgrims like you and me could be forgiven on the one hand and kept forever on the other. It's only through Jesus, only through faith in him that we can know God. It's only through Jesus that we can know that God will protect us from things that harm us and that he will provide us with his watchful presence. With all that said, we come to the question, do you know him? Do you know God revealed to us in Jesus Christ? Have you trusted him? Have you believed in him? Is he your savior and Lord? If you're not a Christian here today, there are times when I speak to you and there are times when I tell you that you need to trust in Jesus because of what you'll experience if you don't. That's kind of the default that preachers lapse to. Trust in Jesus or else hell and judgment and death awaits. I don't often come at it in this way, but Psalm 121 pushes our thinking in this direction. It speaks to you if you're not a Christian and it says, here's what you're missing out on. Here's what you're missing out on. A personal relationship with the God who never sleeps. A personal relationship with the God who protects his followers from things that harm them. A personal relationship with the God who provides his followers with his watchful presence. Make no mistake about it. Don't be confused. Have this very clear in your mind. If you don't trust in Jesus, you don't have what's spoken of in Psalm 121. You don't have any of it. You can't know God if you don't trust in Jesus. But, but, but doesn't Psalm 121 make you want to trust him? Doesn't it make you want to know him? Doesn't it want to make you respond to the Lord's grace to you in his son Jesus? Doesn't it want to make you what doesn't it want you to make what doesn't it make you want to find your rest in Jesus, the one who came to rescue you? He can save you from the darkness. And one day by trusting in him, you'll rise to life in him. The good news is that you can trust him today, now, this afternoon. That's because he is the God who never sleeps. He's never off duty. He's always awake. He's always ready to welcome lost, sinful, broken pilgrims of this world. He's always ready to welcome us home. The, the even better news is that if you trust him today, if you trust him now, you can know that he will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this beautiful psalm, how it warms our souls, how it thrills our hearts to hear of your protection and your presence with us. We thank you so much that Jesus was cut off, handed over to evil men, put on a cross, to bear our sins so that we might have our sins forgiven, but also so that we might know you now and forever. Father, we thank you that when we trust in Jesus, you keep us, you hold us close, you keep us, uh, you, you're with us, you're, you have us from now until eternity. Father, help us to rest in your grace today. Help us to, to, to rest in your word and in the promises we find in it. And we pray that you'd speak to those who haven't trusted in Jesus. May they come to see 
what they're missing out on. The God of heaven by their sight. Father, we pray that you'd speak on by your spirit, through your word, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.